Look, I was going to go easy on you, not to hurt your feelings. But I'm only going to get this one chance. Just a feeling I've got. Like something's about to happen. But I don't know what. If that means what I think it means, we're in trouble. Big trouble. And if he is bananas, as you say, I'm not taking any chances. You are just one of the I'm Ron. This is Braden. Welcome to Commanders Uncensored. Fourth and long. Wentz, and it's sack number eight for Philadelphia. Josh Sweat gets this one, and the dominant performance from the Philadelphia defense the last two weeks continues. That's a horrible, horrible, horrible performance. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Ron, and I will be here by myself this evening. Braden is so upset, Braden does not even want to be a part of the podcast right now. Braden feels like a lot of fans feel of D.C., just year after year, nothing really changes. Um, let me just give my two cents. So, they gave up 24 points. That's that's not on the defense, then. I mean, you, you hold a team at 24 points. Um, you win week one, probably got lucky in week one, even win that game, to be honest. My personal opinion is it is 100% on the offense. So we gave up 24 points, and that was all in one quarter. We don't score any points until the fourth quarter. That was garbage time. I think there was three minutes left in the game. Nine sacks. At some point, coaching has to take the players out of that position. So there's there's really two, two things that I guess could have happened there. Either one, your quarterback, Carson Wentz, held the ball too long, and he... He was the reason for the sacks, or it was your offensive line is just not very good. And either way, if you're the offensive coordinator and it's your job to produce points, when you see there's a mismatch, so either you see Carson's holding it too long, well, then you need to call plays where the ball's out of his hands quicker. If you see it's your offensive line, well, then... You need to call plays where he's throwing it faster. There's, I guess what I'm trying to say is people will blame Carson or people might blame the offensive line, but at the end of the day, it it is the coaching staff's responsibility to make a change. So... I've heard this is week three, but it's not just week three. This is year three now of Ron Rivera, and it kind of looks like the same team over and over and over. He got the quarterback that he wanted. He went out and got Wentz, or I should say he got a quarterback. Obviously, I believe they wanted 
Russell Wilson, but they felt like they needed to upgrade, and it's not changing anything. Um, in my opinion, I think you're in year three. Now you're going into week four. Like I said, if, if you take it game by game here, you go into week one, they came out and they scored 14 points relatively quickly. They looked great. And then all of a sudden, they just looked bad, really. I mean, they, they looked bad. If it wasn't for two deep passes, two deep touchdowns, that gave us the 14 points that we needed to win that game. If you don't get lucky and get those 14 points, you lose the first game. They come out in week two and just get embarrassed by the Lions. How you go into that game and get embarrassed like that, I don't know. But it's even worse when you know, so you got embarrassed. Most teams would learn from that. You know this was a big game. The Eagles were hyping it up all week. They said they were bringing busloads of people. This was a big deal in Philadelphia. and Washington, the media acted like nothing was going on. The coaches acted like nothing was going on. The players acted like nothing was going on. I don't understand the, I guess, um, lack of awareness in that situation. But like I said, so the team comes out and basically is out coached. There's no reason. So you score zero points in the first half against the Lions. Now the Lions may be improved, but I don't think that they're something that great. They don't score any points. You come out again and then you don't score any points again. If that's not a, a, a huge red flag, I don't get these people that say Scott Turner is a great offensive mind. I don't I have never seen it. I have seen him constantly try to overthink things. I have seen him on third or fourth and one or less than one not do the obvious thing, which would be like a quarterback sneak or something, because God forbid the defense might know that's what you're doing. So we got to outsmart the defense instead of just buckling up the chin strap and getting it. He thinks you always have to try to outsmart everybody, which in return makes him look stupid because when it doesn't work, sometimes you just do the obvious. In this game, why would you keep... so? Let me say this. I, Without being in the huddle, without knowing what was called, if you're the head coach or if you're the owner, in my opinion, right now what has to happen, you have to have a meeting with Carson Wentz and with the offensive coordinator, and you need to say, hey, look, something needs to change or somebody's getting fired. So either you need, as an offensive coordinator, you need to get the ball out of his hands faster. You need to call more run plays. 
you need to call slants, whatever it is, quick passing. And then you also need to look at Wentz and say, this is what we're doing now. If you can't do this, then it's on you. So you, you need to kind of figure out who's the problem here. Is it Carson or is it the offensive coordinator? And somebody, if they can't fix whatever problem they have, one of them has to go. Um, if I'm the owner, like I said, I've come down and I'm telling this to Ron. Hey, Ron, this is your job. You're going to lose. It's your job to go down there and fix this offense. Then Ron has to in return say that to his offensive coordinator. He has to say that to Carson Wentz. And I guess the best examples I could actually give. So if you're an offensive coordinator, like I said, I think Scott Turner tries to overthink things. I think in his mind, he goes, what does the defense think that we like to do? And then whatever they think that we like to do, we're not going to do that because they think we're going to do that. Prime example. So Carson Wentz has always liked throwing to the tight ends. I haven't really seen Carson Wentz throwing to the tight ends too much. It seems like he just wants to go deep, like I said, or that's Carson holding the ball too long. But that's where the head coach has to get to the bottom of it, and and you got to put your foot down. You got to figure out which one of these guys is is not doing their job. Is it the coordinator not setting him up, not calling the right plays, or is it the player who just isn't seeing it and just holds the ball? But then you got to make a change at quarterback. Tom Brady went to the Bucks and. His first year, they actually started off. I can't. I'm trying to remember the record off the top of my head, and, and I can't. I know that they almost didn't make the playoffs. At the end of the year, they get hot and they win the Super Bowl. And I think what you had was a similar situation, as in um, the whole Bucks philosophy. I don't know if you guys remember was um, no risk it, no biscuit, and. That offense, he wanted, and I say he, I'm talking about Bruce Arians, the head coach and the offensive coordinator. You know, he's the head coach. He calls the plays. He wanted Tom Brady to go deep. It's kind of what you're seeing here, right? So it's holding the ball longer. It's going deep, which you decrease your odds of completions. And that's never been Tom Brady's strength. Tom Brady has always thrown the ball. If, if you watched from the time he was a rookie till today i think average is under three seconds it's hike one two balls out the defensive line cannot sack you if the ball is out within two seconds they cannot physically get there that fast so it takes about half of the year tom brady tries it you know the bucks way and then i I guess finally they came to an, an agreement and it seemed like they went more towards the style of tom brady ball started coming out faster. All of a sudden, more points started going on the board. They win. They win the Super Bowl. I can even name something as recent as last year. 
the Philadelphia Eagles actually have Nick Sirianni, the new head coach, and he's calling plays, and it's not really going well. And he was smart enough to, or he was told by the owner or the GM, I, I don't know, you know what I mean? Somewhere along the lines, there was a decision to let Steichen, I believe his name is, the offensive coordinator for the Eagles, he took over play calling. When he took over play calling, he said, well, Jalen's not a great passer yet, this and that. So I'm talking about last year. So they start running it more. So you got to look at your players on your team, and you can't just call offensive plays to call offensive plays. Like anybody can open up a book, and but not every player is the same. So you have to coach to your players' strengths. And so, like I said, this guy, Stike, and he comes in and goes, well, let's, hey, we have maybe the best offensive line. Let's run it. They run it more. They end up making the playoffs. Well, now you see this year that running from last year is probably starting to now open up on the back end, and now you're seeing more passes. So it's an evolving offense. It's a changing offense. you got to change. you got to – you have to coach to your players' strengths. So what I would say, Carson and the, and the coaches, head coaches, offensive coordinators, whomever it is, you got to talk and you got to say, hey, what do you like to do here? And you got to go around that. And if it's throwing the tight ends, well, guess what? Start calling more tight end passes. If it's getting the ball out within three, two seconds, whatever it is, start calling those plays. You got to coach to your talent. Not every player is the same, and you can't force your system on people that doesn't work and if it's the player like i said then he's got to you know he's got to go and i guess on that i mean that's really all i have for this one it's it was a poorly offensive coach game the defense actually didn't do bad and for those who who you know might try to disagree with me I gave up 24 points, That's and it was one quarter. But if your offense isn't doing anything, they're forcing your defense on the field, that defense is going to wear down. And this is any team, right? I don't, I don't care what team it is. If the offense does not have any kind of time of possession or they're not putting massive points on the board and they're just saying, the hell with the time of possession – we're going to get up 21 to nothing real quick, the old Chip Kelly, you know, way of thinking. And that also forces, so when a team gets up, then you change your offensive scheme. So it all goes, it, it ties back into the offense has to put points up and they have to keep the defense off of the field or put a lot of points up. And whatever it is, you make your, your opponent then change their game plan. And in this one, I got to say, I thought the defense did not play bad. Um, for the most part, they were actually covering pretty well. I know the, especially the touchdown right before halftime, he was actually covered pretty well. And sometimes you got to tip your hat. Jalen throws it higher. And this happened all game. The guy, he would find the one-on-one and he, and he, he threw it. You know what I mean? Some quarterbacks go, oh, he's covered, but. He looked, he saw one-on-one, he saw the back of the defender's jersey, he threw it high, his receiver jumped up and made a play. There's nothing you can do there except for tip your cap. 
Hey, nice play. But the the defenders are in the area that they I saw improvement over the last two weeks. The defense is not playing bad. The offense needs to get their stuff together. And it just gotta be a better called game or you gotta make a change then. All right, on that. This has been Commanders Uncensored. So long, farewell, I'll be just saying goodnight. I hate to go and leave this pretty sight.